Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. What is going on, everybody? Jack McCauley alongside Luke Munger. We're back for another breakdown before the season kicks off here in September. We're going to be doing a position breakdown of the edges and the linebacker. But before we do so, we got to have a little midweek check-in with Luke. It's Wednesday. Hot in Seattle, Luke. How are things down in Arizona? Yeah, it's also hot. <laughs> um, but things are good, dude. Dude. Um, it's, it's the time of year, it's monsoon season. So it rains a lot. So it'll randomly be like humid oh, in really? the mornings. Yeah. Tons of just like That's torrential kind of downpour, like 15, 20 minutes, torrential downpour lightning, like you've never seen before. And then it's over. It's crazy. And then it's just back to blue skies. Yeah. Well, it usually happens at nighttime and then you wake up and the streets are like still damp. And then by like 7 a.m., it's already 90 degrees and it's all burned up. Are you still having to go out and get on your runs at like 6 a.m. to avoid that? Oh, yeah, time? dude. If I, I try to be done by 6. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure, that compares, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that heat compares today what some of the guys are feeling on the football field and pads on a 92-degree degree day on yeah, the turf. Cut, that, dude. Not fun. Yeah, they were talking about it in the po- or like post-practice recap, Fetters and Scott, or it might have been Fetters and Kim, but Seattle Hot is like – it, it's still like different, you know what I mean? It's a weird hot, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. So, but nevertheless, we'll get into the breakdown right now. We'll start out with the edge group. Obviously, um, they have probably their bit one of the biggest returns out of Michael Penix, Rome, and Jalen McMillan, and uh, Junior Redshirt Junior Senior uh, 2019 recruit Braylon Trice. Obviously, was a key cog. He's back. Um, Zion Tupuola Fatui. Another senior who decided to return, um, and then outside of that, it's uh, a couple guys um, who, who who got some snaps snaps in last year, but not a ton of experience. Sakai Asua Afoa uh, from he's a he's a JUCO guy. He's back um, this year. Maurice Himes he's gotten in some snaps. Has had a lot of a uh, lot of how to hype around him, but hasn't really had that much uh, a praise. And then you got a couple guys, uh, Zach Durfee, a transfer from Sioux Falls. Uh, South Dakota, and then Lance Showtime Holtzclaw, um, a red shirt freshman who who uh, who's been looking great. And then you got some uh, incoming guys, Anthony James, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the blue chip and arguably the biggest win of DeBoer's um, rec- you know recruiting so far, getting him to flip from Texas A and M over to Washington. He's a Texas guy. He's in. Um, and then Jacob Lane, a, a local kid out of Emerald Ridge in Puyallup. He's another new name. And then on top of that. You have some more experience in Boy Tanufi, yeah. who made the switch from defensive line over to edge. And with that, um, where do you where? How do you think? How do you like the just the names? If you had to look look at a piece of paper and read those names, how do you like um, the depth, the talent that's in this edge group? Yeah. Well, first of all, top end talent wise between Braylon Trice and Zion Tupola Fatui, uh, it's hard to pick a better situation. You think obviously UCLA has a great pass rushing situation. Um, 
with former Husky Liatu Latu, um, and then the twin brothers that they have down there on the other edge as well. Um, but I think between Braylon Trice and Zion Tupolofatui, you have two elite pass rushers. And then after that, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Boyd Tanufi has eight sacks to his career. I think he's a good option. And then after that, you have kind of complementing skill sets, body types, and things like that. And like a lot of, I think, the position groups that we've talked about on the defensive side of the ball specifically for the Huskies, um, you need one or two guys to step up, but there's a handful of people that you feel like are capable of doing it. So it's just mm-hmm. finding who rises to the occasion. Jack, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think when you look at this top two, it's probably one of the better half in the or better in the conference, if not the nation, mm-hmm. in Braylon Trice and Zion Tupuola Patui. I feel real comfortable with what Braylon's going to bring to the table this year. Obviously, he had a breakout season last year, but I think there's times where he, I, I think everybody felt it where he could have wrapped up on a few more and had two, three extra sacks. I think he's in for a great, great year. He's going to be good on the against the rush, and obviously we know what he does against the pass. Zion Tupuola-Fatui, you know, last year and the year before, that was kind of hindered by injuries, so never really returned to that form. We saw him in that monster COVID season. But, you know, we obviously know what he's capable of, uh, and he complements Braylon extremely well. Obviously a great passing threat. Um, you know, being able to, I think, add a little bit of stability in the run is something that he'll need to improve on a little bit this year. But as far as that top two goes – I think you're pretty set. And then after that, you'll take a look at guys like, like you said, Voigt Snoofy, Maurice Himes, Sakai Asua Afoa. What do you think of those three guys and how they fit in, as well as uh, Lance Holtzclaw? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, like I mentioned, Voigt Snoofy is a guy that I've heard a lot of great things coming out of camp so far. He's mm-hmm. a, kind of an interesting tweener body type, 6'1", 260. Um, not as long as maybe a traditional edge. However, not also in the 290, 300 pound that you'd maybe see from more traditional defensive linemen. Um, however, he's proven that he can, when asked to get to the quarterback, that he can get it done, playing in kind of limited snaps. I think yeah. trying to create matchups with Void Tanufi will create, but I think not a hot take here, likely to finish third on the team in sacks this year, right? Behind Brandon Trice, Zion Tupol Fatui. He's a guy, I think, that can create a lot of pressure off the edge. And given that he has experience in the middle, he might, like, his ability to maybe hold the edge and play against the run might play up, moving away from the interior line and out towards the edge. So Boyd Tanufi is a guy who I think the Husky fans can expect to see the next step in his progression at a new position. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of fun packages that you can run with Voigt Snoofy because, like mm-hmm. you said, he is a tweener, and he could jump back inside, too, if you want that. You For know, sure. if you're third and 12, third and 13, why not bring out Braylon Trice on one side, Zion on the other, and then bring out maybe a, a Thule and a, and a Voigt yeah. it's Snoofy inside, you know, whatnot. Or even three of those guys, and just have those three guys For sure. try and rush the for third and longs. And really? then also I being able to transfer over – from a defensive tackle position, I think is going to work real well for him in the um, in a big mismatch for guys in those when you're bringing in those jumbo packages. You know, when you might bring Certainly. in two or three defensive linemen, you can have Voice step out on the outside, and you're not going to want to block him as a tight end. You know, he's too big and too powerful as a tight end um, to get a hold of, really. So I think he's going to be using a lot of fun different, um, a lot of fun different packages. He's yeah. obviously not going to be the guy. Um, it's it's kind of like. I the kind how I look at him is like a reliever in a sense for baseball. He's just like a 
change of pace guy where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you might throw out someone super who, who's not, you know, pumping a hundred miles an hour or whatnot, but then you bring out boy and it's like a completely different, um, yeah, guy, just totally different look for sure. Exactly. Like the matchups, similar to gonna tougher, you know, going to be tough. It's going to be a tough change of pace. I think for these tackles and whatnot to go between them. Um, and then obviously the two guys, and then obviously you kind of, like you mentioned, it's not a dark take, not a hot take to see, Boyd Tanufi third and sacks. I agree with you, but I think the two guys, if you are going to have a, um, if, who who could potentially beat Boy and sacks this year and be third, are Maurice Himes and uh, Showtime Holtzclaw. Yeah. Um, starting out off with Lance Holtzclaw, uh, nothing but really rave reviews as far as the pass game, as far as rushing the passer goes. I think he's going to be excellent. You know, what have you heard about him? You know, what do you like about his body type and how he'll fit into the defense? For sure. Yeah, Lance Holtzclaw. Well, first of all. Um, want to give a shout out? I believe, if I recall correctly, he is a, pro- he's Desert, a product of Arizona, correct? Yeah, Desert Pines, maybe? Or yeah, Desert, Desert Hill, Ridge, I think. Desert Ridge, Desert Ridge. Yeah, there yeah, we yeah. go. So, got to give a shout out to the Valley when I can. Um, Lance Holtzclaw, I remember when he was coming out of school, maybe a lazy comparison, but I instantly thought of Travis Feeney. He's maybe a longer, thinner guy, a speed rusher. I think, like you said, Kind of sticking with the reliever comparison, I think he's a guy that you play matchups. He's someone that you can put in, really put your uh, like have him pin his ears back and try to get after the quarterback. I would guess that probably the biggest thing between him and playing down to down is being able to hold the edge and kind of hang yeah. with offensive linemen pound for pound. Um, but I think a good complement to that is Maurice Himes, who is a ridiculously strong and large person. Jack, what do you know about Maurice Himes? Yeah, I think I think the way I kind of look at it is like you said, Lance's speed is just so quick, and he's going to be, um, you know, the guy who might have a little bit of trouble holding the edge due to that size and whatnot. And then I think you have Maurice Himes kind of in that middle where he's able to both rush the passer and he's able to hold the edge, not at quite the elite an elite level, but I think he has both, and he has a super high ceiling for both as well based on his size. And then Sakaya Soa Afua, I think he's more of the guy who's going to hold the edge but can't necessarily get to the passer. So I think that's just kind of those comparisons and whatnot. And I think all three are really great change of pace options. I do think one has to rise up, though, For sure. and be a solidified second Certainly. guy where you can, where whether it be injury or just stamina and whatnot, you know you could put out in a situation and have them succeed. Luckily, though, for them, you kind of have an ace in the hole for each of like each kind of skill set you're looking for. Um, all three provide something different. So Certainly. I think that's well, at least, but I do think even with that, you got to have somebody step up and really um, contend alongside Voy. Certainly. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you kind of break it down into two groups, I think the true pe- like pass rushers are like the Zions, Maurice Himes, mm-hmm. um, and Lance Holtzclaw. And then I was going to say, you can put Braylon Trice maybe on the other side, but he's also like one of the best pass rushers in the country. So he kind of does both. <laughs> and then, but then you also have after him, you have Boyd Tanufi, Mitsukai. Um, so like you said, I, I mean, I think they need to be at least four strong in this group. I think it'd be interesting to see who steps up as that fourth, assuming Boyd Tanufi holds his own. I think one guy not to overlook here, Jack, you maybe know more about this person, but a walk-on Seattle product, Milton Hopkins. Yeah, didn't even mention him. Yeah. Didn't even mention him. And Milton's had a great camp. Everything reported mm-hmm. around him is just um, – he's taken a big step since last year. I think he's a guy, if somebody goes down, he'll be able to get in and find some time. Obviously, I think he'll make some plays in special teams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, as a walk-on, he's one of the better walk-ons on the team. And, you know, he's had an excellent camp. 
uh, as far as skill set go, he isn't the biggest guy as far as stature, but he is quick getting to the quarterback and whatnot. Um, so I think could see some time depending on injuries. I think injuries, though, is a key piece to this team because or this position group because you can't have Braylon or Zion get hurt. It, that's just the fact of the matter mm-hmm. because they are such a step ahead of that next group that you're going to be losing a lot of production. A lot of production and you don't really know what you have behind them so that's why it's so important i guess when we say it's important to find that depth and find those roles certainly and now wrapping things up with the newcomers like you said maybe the crown jewel or at least most impressive pull of the recruiting class anthony james and then local product jacob lane uh jack give the husky fans a little teaser on these two yeah i think with lane i think he's not he he'll barely he'll he might get in in like a tulsa game but there's obviously nothing to expect with him. He's got a great body type. He's super long, 6'5", 250. Really what exactly you want as far as frame goes. He's really athletic, great motor. It's what you want in, a, in an edge rusher, all those qualities. And I think you got that with Lane. It's just about kind of getting that body reformed and whatnot and, you know, getting his speed up and such to fit that D1 level. But he's got all the tools. I think mm-hmm. it's just about taking a year, learning the system, whatnot. James is a guy who I think could get in this year, just kind of depending on how the season goes. Obviously, I think he'll redshirt as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him in for four games. I mean, he's just so talented. You know, a guy who's a blue chip recruit and out of the state of Texas like that, it's just kind of when you look at him, it's hard to pass up and at least try and get some reps when you can. Kind of like they used Denzel Boston last year as a true freshman. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in for some time. You know, you recognize him. He might do something here and there, but nothing really standout-ish. I think one guy, though, to to keep an eye on, is Zach Durfee. We didn't even mention him. He's yeah. obviously going through a waiver right now. Yeah. Uh, but he's electric, I think, if you can. He's got all – he's kind of like Lane, but a little bit further along than Lane. Um, got all the right tools, um, has everything in his back pocket, just about kind of putting it together and learning the system. Um, obviously, he looked electric in the spring game, if people remember. Um, so I think he's another intriguing option. But kind of as we tie a bow on it, you know, the key to this group is finding – um, a solid four, five, six that can really yeah. step up and work alongside boy. Um, because you have a, I think you've been a great one, two, three in those three guys. But outside of that, you really have to have a safety net in case something happens because injuries happen. And then also for depth purposes as well. Absolutely. No, I think I couldn't say it better myself. And as we detailed, I think they have at least the, the bodies and the upside to choose from. And it's just a matter of who rises to the occasion. Um, yeah. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And with that, we'll stick on the defensive side of the ball to wrap things up with the inside linebackers. This is a group that I feel is 
Jack, like, I don't know if this is the right word to describe it, but suddenly deep, I guess, if that makes sense, right? Because yeah. last year it was, I guess, everywhere along the defense last year, it was just, you'd see guys in, you'd be like, uh-oh, kind of thing. <laughs> it, it, it just felt like something bad could happen because it felt thin just yeah. around every position group. But inside linebacker was one of those groups that after Jackson's sermon left, it didn't really feel like there was much beef on the bone there. And even when you got Cam Bright, it still kind of felt like that as well. But this group is about the same as it was last year outside of adding um, what Raylan Gofield, yeah. correct? Raylan so Gofield, and then obviously the freshman who, like, obviously played. Freshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as kind of as we get into it now, starting with Edifuan Ulafosio, he's been such an anchor for this yeah. team, man, for so long. And if you were excited about him, I guess, last year and the year before, if you thought – this year, it's like he's a completely different person. The way, like looking at him, it's just he. Something happened. Something happened this offseason where he looks he looks NFL ready, and having a guy like that back who could who's already played pretty solid in the past and can now step it up even further is a big game changer. Absolutely, yeah. Edifano Lafoscio is such a big pull for the Huskies. He's a guy that in four games in the 2020 season that was shortened. He had 47 tackles. You feel like you really saw the potential of like, this is a hundred plus tackle, seven, eight tackle for loss, absolute hoss in the middle of the defense. Um, and then injuries shortened his 2021 and 2022 season. Um, but I think, like you said, he's kind of that heartbeat of the defense. It, you also hear all of the like kind of cliche like first to the facility, last to leave kind of guy. Yeah. It, and it feels like, I don't know, um, someone that can really, I don't know, be the backbone of a defense for lack of a more intelligent. And you want defense. that in a linebacker too. Totally. Those are like captains of your defense. And he has, it, I think leadership is oftentimes underappreciated on a football field. And especially at a linebacker position. And that's something that, he does not lack at all. Kind of like you mentioned, he's the first one to lead. That's, that's the mentality he brings and the attitude he carries. Um, and outside of how talented he is, I mean, it's, it's just explosion all the way around. And then you add experience in there as well. I think it's perfect. And then obviously outside of him, uh, next door you got Alfonso Tupatala, um, a guy from Federal Way. And this is a kid, I don't know if you remember him coming out of high school, but he just looks so different compared to, like I would have never thought, he would have the six two two forty and looked the way he did. He was a little bit thicker, but he's gotten extremely fast and kind of like he's he has a similar attitude to Eddie too, where it feels like he's the first one in, last one to leave. I don't know as much about him uh, on that personal side, but you know I feel like that's just the attitude that comes across on the football field. He's always around the ball, it seems, and I think when you get two of those guys on a defense which was high and low last year, back and healthy, mm-hmm. I think is super important. Um, and these two really have to take charge and be a key cog for this defense in order to succeed. Certainly. Yeah. I think Alfonso Tupatala, um, one thing that's interesting, like you said, he's lost weight since he's gotten to UW. I think he came in around 250, 255, and he's, he's trimmed. Looks, looks um, but he looks completely different. Yeah. Well, 240 pounds is certainly also not a small guy, but I think uh-huh. whitening him up has given him sort of the sideline to sideline range you'd like to see. He's proven he can make plays in the backfield, six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks last year. Um, and but it's not just Husky fans, I guess, that see the upside here. He was a first, uh, I guess, a preseason all Pac-12 first team selection 
by Phil Steele. Um, wow. So I, th- I think that's a pretty big honor Godfather in its own. Was that? I said the Godfather of preseason. Picks. Yes, dude. Yeah, for sure. So if Phil Steele, Phil Steele knows something. <laughs> if, Phil, if Phil Steele lists you at something that you, that's a, that's a big, that's a big achievement. And he, he has like a crystal ball. Yeah, um, Gosh, dang. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, having those two, I look if, to kind of sum that up, I couldn't be more important. And then you bring in a guy like Raylan Goforth from USC. And I mean, I'm sure every, if you don't live under a rock, I'm sure you've seen the, the play of him rocking Cam Rising in the Pac-12 championship play game. He is uh, explosive. He's hits hard. And having a, I think having experience behind these two as well is so huge because last year that's just something we didn't see. You know, Eddie being out and, you know, you have Tupatala, Bruner, Bright. But then after that, it's like, eh, not too much there. But now you got those three plus Bruner back um, and it's just experience all around. It's talent. And that's something that's so huge in a big position need, especially with a defense that likes to be aggressive. Those are going to be your safety nets. They have to tackle. They have to wrap up. Mm-hmm. So having guys like that, you know, go forth at USC was used in a variety of different ways. But I think here um, he's a great change of pace linebacker. Um, he's much more of a bruiser um, than those two. I think those two are around the ball more than go forth. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I think his positioning and being too aggressive at times has caused him um, some trouble in the past. But I think now, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's something the coaching staff has had to talk to him about. Um, but, you know, he's really just a great get um, for this team, especially coming from a program like USC as well. Totally. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can have someone that has around 150 total tackles at the PAC 12 level, and I yeah. mean, he's going to get a ton of, ton of playing time, but technically might not be listed as a starter in the opening depth chart, I think is a win. Um, he's a guy who adds a lot of depth. Like you said, he's physical. He's a thumb. He'll, play a, ton. He'll play a ton. He will play a ton. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, I think one of the things about the depth of this room is that he also will be, Paired, I think, with someone – I mean, you mentioned him kind of being a thumper. I think he pairs well with who will be next to him, Carson Bruner, who is maybe a little lighter. Uh, mm-hmm. I think 6'2", 225 pounds, is a guy who might be a little more sideline to sideline as well. You kind of have the enforcer and Raylan Goforth and the chaser <laughs> with, uh, with yeah. Carson Bruner. Seriously. Yeah, I think Bruner – I mean, obviously, Washington fans. He's Bruner stepped up in so many different ways in yeah. his career, especially – it's it's kind of like that Seahawks uh, next man up mentality where he's proven time and time again he can be a stable stable piece in this linebacker room when asked um, and having a guy like that in your depth is is seriously can't un, you can't appreciate enough yeah um, in his play and he's yeah like you said a little lighter coming at two twenty six he's one of the light, lighter line, running or linebackers in the room. But um, having those four right there alone, all will get solid playing time, all will be on the field and have action a ton. Not only helps this defense from a talent and skill perspective as well as leadership, but I think a stamina perspective as well, where you can always have guys fresh, you know, not be too tired. I think that really helps in a position like linebacker where you have to be around the ball at all times. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Carson Brenner, speaking of just next man up mentality, I think of two games when I think of Carson Brenner. One was during the Jimmy Lake season. Um, well, actually, they're both during the Jimmy Lake season. But uh, that just awful win on the road against Stanford. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible, so stressful game. But Carson Bruner was an absolute animal in that game. I, I believe he had two tackles for loss and double-digit tackles. Um, that was the 
the Dylan Morris to Jalen McGillan is as Tony Cashman gonna call it a teardrop from heaven. That pass. <laughs> I cannot believe that game still uh, where the Huskies won on the road. And then I think, of course, of the Oregon game where he had – it wasn't a pick six in the stat book, but it was effectively a pick six um, to set the tone. Unfortunately, things didn't end well for the Huskies there, but I think he's a guy who's made plays, obviously the guy who cares about the University of Washington being oh, a legacy. Sure. Um, so you'll have to see that there. Progressing along in depth. We can go to the scholarship freshman here. We can also mention a walk-on like Drew Fowler, who has been in the program for a while, a guy who's uh, turned down a couple of Pac-12 offers to play with the University of Washington. I think he's a guy who will probably see action on defense in most games. Great third-string guy to have, yeah. I think. Very good experienced third-string guy to have. Kind of like you said, pass on a lot of offers to come to Washington. It's, yeah. So it's not like he's just a, you know, a, a, it's a pity walk-on. You know, that's a great piece to have. Um, and I think another walk on as we, as we're talking about it too, I don't think this will be his year at all, but I think a guy who has potential is Austin Hartnell. Mm-hmm. Another guy as well. He decommitted from Wisconsin to come to, to UW. I believe he even had an offer from Wisconsin, didn't he? he Gosh, I, I need to he, go and look at that. Yeah. But I know he, he was going to go to Wisconsin. I, I think he's a great, another great walk on piece. Obviously you, you won't see him, but I think in the future he has potential to get out there that his shoulders are massive you know and he moves really well as it, on, on top of that which is huge um but kind of going to those true freshmen i think each of these two are amazing ads and each could see um playing time but the guy i'm more excited about of the two and and that's not a slight on jordan whitney it's i'm more excited about this guy than probably almost any other true freshman on the team and that's devin bryant um he, he's out of St. John Bosco, and if you know anything about high school football, St. John Bosco year after year is contending for not just state titles but national titles as well. They're right up there on the level of modern day. Um, and you know, Jordan, I mean, Devin Bryant is was the defensive player of the year in the in LA last year, and the bet and the key piece to their best, arguably what people are saying, they're the St. John Bosco best defense of all time. So this mm-hmm. is a guy who's always around the ball. And coaches rave about him, too. Had an awesome spring, has been awesome in fall camp so far. And this is a guy who's going to, I think, definitely going to see playing time. And I'd be shocked if he redshirted. I think they're going to try and use him in some mm-hmm. um, in some ways for sure. He's going to be right alongside Drew Fowler, I think, as a third-string guy. Yeah. But he's, he's ridiculous. And I think he's going to be a household name in years to come um, for Husky fans to know. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember who said it, but – I've heard with Devin Bryant, he's maybe like two inches away from being a five-star recruit, right? Like at 5'11", 216, yeah. that might be the only knock on him just being a little undersized compared to the traditional linebackers. But the Huskies have seen the likes of Keyshawn Bieria and Ben Burkirvin come in as guys who can play at maybe that slightly smaller in stature size. Um, and like you said, I mean, all signs point to Devin Bryant being a long-term contributor at UW. Another uh, freshman linebacker, I guess, to wrap things up, Jordan Whitney, um, I think is another guy that Washington can afford to be excited about. Uh, Obviously, like we said, it's a deep room. Hard to say exactly how much playing time he'll get this year, but I think he is a a fixture for the future. Yeah, I think I think I think the same thing, too. And as far as I kind of looping everything back together now with this room as a whole, I think the one thing as a whole, what this group it brings is consistency. I just don't see a lot of guys who are uh, high risk, high reward mm-hmm. 
a lot of experience. And I think just the natural combination of that with talent um, is going to bring very good results to this room. It's, and I think clearly better than last year. Certainly. As, as great as Cam Bright was last year, I just think having Eddie back for a full season and then just hopefully Tupatala being able to take that next um, step. Take yep. that next step. As solid as he was last year, taking that next step. Um, and then the depth yeah. with Carson Brunner and Raylan Goforth, I think, is for incredible. Sure. And and this linebacker room has looked awesome so far. And that um, that's just not not saying just that just to pump them up. I feel a lot more confident, almost more confident about them than almost any other room on the defensive side of the ball. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I don't know if this is too simple math to think about it, but the way that I kind of think about things at this linebacker group, you have Alfonso Tupatala and Carson Bruner who have been fixtures for a while. Um, obviously last year, Washington had Cam Bright as a transfer portal. You almost can think of this linebacker room as adding Edifon Ulifoscio, who was really limited last year due to injury. Edifon is a guy who has like, was once a preseason all American choice, a guy that I think is a really big pickup there. Um, and then obviously, uh, Washington's linebacking core last year picked up Chris Mull. Similar situation this year with Raylan Goforth coming in, who has rather than the UAB level production, the USC level production. So, yeah, I think Washington has added depth nicely um, and that this will be the anchor group of what should be an improved defense this year. Um, and with that, go dogs. <laughs> docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.